in your mother or your father's mind. He loved you. And he knew what you were about. He knew what you were going to do. And he knew your destiny. And he already made a calling for you. And he gave you a purpose. Don't you dare forget. Don't you dare forget for one moment on this earth why you were created. You were created to worship him. You were created to bring him glory. You were created because he made you for a reason. And that is to glorify our King. Don't you dare forget it. Now we're going to close out right now. As we close out, I want you to think. Think about what the Lord's doing in your heart right now. That tugging on your heart right now. That, 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 that feeling, that, that knot in the middle of your chest. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. It's called conviction. And it's a fire that's waiting to burst and explode from inside of you. And it's waiting to be spilled out into the world. It's connect, it's mentor, and it's to send. It is to send. It is to send yourself into the lost world, into your family, into this dying, wretched, homosexual, perverted, loving generation. And it is to rise a generation. It is to rise the dead. It is to rise them up and bring them into life. Like Ezekiel. Blowing into those dead bones. And bringing them into life. Representing the tribes of Israel. Well, guess what? You're looking at a generation that needs the breath of God right now what are you going to do about it what are you going to do about it soldiers what are you going to do about it are you going to watch are you going to stand still or are you going to fulfill the calling that you have before you you are a chosen generation you are a chosen people you are a chosen priesthood to be holy and to be righteous before the living God. When you raise your hand, you better raise some clean hands unto the Lord. Repent right now. Repent right now. Father, make us clean. And I pray that you bring in us right now a righteous spirit. That you bring in us right now a ferocious fire that is waiting to manifest right now. I pray for the breath of God to enter in this room. I pray for the breath, the breath of God, the wind of God to whirlwind inside of here. Let us up, God. It is your time. It is your time. It is your time. It is your time. In the name of Jesus.
Oh, you say, devil, I will rise. I will rise above you, devil. Depression, I will rise above you. Self-hatred, I will rise above you. Anger, I will rise above you. Masturbation, I will rise above you. Perversion, I will rise above you. Lust, I will rise above you. I will rise above you, devil. I will rise because I am a chosen. I am a chosen people. I am a chosen people. Come on, just the voices in this place. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, sister. I will rise. Jesus. Come on, just the voices in here. Come on, if that's you, come on, speak into the air. Come on. Come on, don't, don't just wait on the trump to hype you up. Come on, you declare it. Come on, you pray. You pray. You declare it in your life. You say, God, I will rise for you. I will rise for you, God. When Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to you. Seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he, begun to, uh, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had would be, uh, would be sold to repay the debt. Okay? A quick lesson. In, uh, basically, if you owed money to somebody and you weren't able to buy it, you and your family, if you were married, and your children would be sold into slavery until you worked that debt off. Okay? So that's what he's saying. That's what he warned them. Since he was not able to pay the master, okay, there's the master and there's the slave. The master, was or, uh, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had would be sold to repay the debt. Verse 26, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Verse 28, but when the servant went out, he found one of the following servants he owed, uh, who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. He, he, uh, his fellow servant fell to his knee and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. 
You see, the second thing you could do, instead of being sold to slavery, you could be thrown into prison, which was called the debtor's jail, and you would serve your time there until uh, the calculated amount was fulfilled and paid off. Okay? Let's go to verse 32. That's exactly what he did. So that slave, through his fellow slave, his other slave, his peer, a person just like him, is a slave because he owed them. He owed him a certain amount of denarii. Verse 32, the master called the servants in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Verse 35, this is how my heavenly father, and this is Jesus speaking now, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from, the, from your heart. Amen? Will. So let's break this down really quick. Let's go back to verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? So, really quick, who's Peter? A disciple, okay? A disciple, and Peter uh, is known for walking on water, for betraying Jesus three times, yet coming back stronger and doing the thing, amen? He's known to cut one of the Roman guards' ears uh, uh, like a bit of it off, right? Because they were trying to take Jesus away and, and, uh, and arrest him. And he just, out of nowhere, dug in his cloak and, and cut his ear off. And he's like, ah! Then she's like, what are you doing? He just healed him right back. You guys remember that part? I love that. I was, I was like, yeah. I was like, you should do that. Like, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Some action. But anyways, so that's Peter, right? Why does Peter ask up to seven times? Why, why would he ask that? You see, let's take a quick history lesson really quick. Okay, rabbis, who knows what a rabbi is? Uh, rabbis are well-respected religious teachers in that day, okay? They're, they're teachers, basically, kind of like priests, okay? So they're religious teachers, and they taught that it was okay to forgive somebody who sinned against you up to three times. But you were not to extend that forgiveness a fourth time. So if they surpassed uh, uh, sinning against you three times, that's the max. If they did it the fourth or fifth time, that's it. It's over. You're like I'm not. There's no more grace on you. That's what they taught, and that was basically tradition. So even three times could be the hardest thing for someone to do, right? If forgiving somebody just once could be hard. You understand me? Come on, can we be real really quick? Can we be real? How many of you guys like know somebody who's just like, man? You already know that person in my head, in your head, don't you? She's like, mm, nope, nope, nope. She, she done messed up already. All right, <laughs> nope. Right? That's that's what you're saying. That's what you're thinking, or that's what, he, what what he's thinking, right? That boy, mm-mm. He done said something wrong to me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He tried to get my number. I said no, and he called me. What? Mm, no, that ain't gonna happen. I ain't forgiving him. Will somebody? Come on. Come on, and then, and then um, <laughs> there's no married men here. I was going to say, but your wife didn't want to listen to you, but nobody's married here. In the future, okay, when your wife doesn't want to listen to you, you're going to be like, mm, help. help her, Lord, right? You're going to be like, come on. Mm. And you don't want to forgive her for that night or something like that, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend, anybody, right? Nobody, everybody's single. Yeah, I shouldn't be talking because I'm single too. Anyways, but that's okay. 
So look, you already got that person in your head, am I right? Or maybe a situation, or really right now at this moment, okay? Might not be with each other in here, but it might be somebody at home or at school, okay? So Peter says seven times because he knew that they were followers of Christ, okay? So Peter was a follower of Christ. He was a disciple. And because he knew what was being taught by Jesus, they ought to surpass the faith of the Pharisees, of, of the religious leaders at that time, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the other rabbis. Like, man, they're just religious. They say three times. Forget that, man. Let's just go. I'm going to say seven times. God, Jesus. Okay, they said three times. But come on, we're, 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 we're following you. This is a new thing that's going on. We're gonna, it's going to be seven times, right? Should we do that seven times? Seven times? Can you imagine Peter saying, he's like, yeah, mm, three times, three times, seven, come on, somebody. And then, then you know, what did Jesus say? <laughs> oh, man, that's, that, that sounds good. That sounds really good. But no, no, it, it, it's not seven times. And Peter's like, well, what? Like, um, five times? Five? He's like, no, 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 no. Jesus says, not seven times, but 77 times, Okay. So can you imagine how Peter felt that time? He's just like, man, oh, 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 77 times. And, and 77, basically, it, it represents an infinite amount of times, okay? So when Jesus responded, but 77 times, it was meaning an infinite amount of times. Infinity is infinite. Like, there's no end to it, right? What's, what's the symbol for infinity? That circle thing, right? It keeps on going. It doesn't stop, Right? So an infinite amount of times, Jesus knowing that he would get such a thing, that he wouldn't get such a thing. I'm sorry. Jesus knowing that we, right here, would not get him just saying, forget somebody 77 times. Because if it wasn't for this parable, a lot of us would be like, okay, 77 times. Okay, 70 more to go. <laughs> you know, I already did it seven times. 70 more to go. And after that, I don't think so. You know what I mean? I don't have to listen to you no more. I don't got to forgive you no more. I'm going to tell my parents off after the 78th time. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do that, right? Come on, somebody. I know some of you were thinking that. Come on. Let's be real now. Come on. Okay, look. Look, let's, let's be real. But look, when he says that, he meant an infinite amount of times. So Jesus, knowing that we not probably wouldn't be getting that, he gives us a parable. What's a parable? Parable is like a story to explain something. There's usual, there's, there's, in a parable, there's always uh, a reasoning why it's happening. Like this parable is a reason why he says this type of story, okay? Now, he says it for, so to show us how to forgive. Show us how forgiveness really works. Not just on the earthly sense, but in the heavenly sense, in the spiritual sense, and why we ought to do it, okay? So that's what a parable is, okay? So he gives us a parable so we may truly understand such a concept, okay? So in this parable, we find there's a master. We find that there's a slave that owes his master how many talents? 10,000 talents. Now, now, when you think of 10,000 talents, I mean, most of us don't even know what a talent is. So we're just, we read this, and we, the slave owed his master 10,000 uh, talents. So we just kind of shrug our shoulders. Okay, 10,000. I think of like $10,000. Man, that's a lot of money, $10,000. Whatever. Right? And we just keep on going, right? We don't really think about it. But look, but to truly understand this parable, we need to understand what Jesus was really saying in that time. 
okay? Because he says that amount of money for a very specific reason, okay? Now let's get to that reason. See, now how many talents did he owe? 10,000, right? That's 1,000 10 times, right? Okay, right, 10,000. So one talent equals 6,000 denarii, okay? So I want you to stay with me really quick. If you want to write this down, you, you should write this down if you got pencil and paper. So one talent, just one talent, okay, equals 6,000 denarii. One denarii, or it's pronounced denarius, one denarius is one day's work, okay? It's one whole day's work. So if you were to work like at Dollar Tree, like my brother Robert, or if I were to work at the bank, it would be one whole day's work. I would get one denarii for that one day's work, okay? So, and then one talent is how many denarii? 6,000, okay? So you can imagine how much she owes already just starting to get here. See, so to owe one talent, you would have to work over 20 years. 20 years, 6,000 days of work. You would have to work 20 years to owe just one talent. But this slave did not owe one talent. He owed 10,000 talents. Okay? He, so Jesus, okay, he, Jesus names an infinite amount. He, he, he owed 10,000 talents. One talent is, is, is 20 years of work, for goodness sake. So if he wanted to work that off, okay, if this slave wanted to work the 10,000 um, talents off, he would have to work for 200,000 years to work that off. You understand? <laughs> so in order to work this off, in order to work that debt off that he owed, this slave would have to work for 200,000 years, which equals to about $2 billion. That. Bottom line, boom, right there. To bring it home, baby, bring it home. Bring it home. He owes $2 billion to this master. I don't know anybody or ever heard of anybody even now as the United States being one of the most money-loving countries in the world. I've never heard anybody owing $2 billion. That is a lot of debt. You understand me? How many of you know that is an infinite amount of money? Raise your hand. Let me get an Amen. That is an infinite amount of money. So it is outrageous to think that anyone, one, anyone of us would owe that much money to someone. An infinite amount. Somebody say an infinite amount. But we, a lot of people, okay, do not realize that we did, that we did owe that much to somebody. We owed about two billion something. You understand me? We owe that much. We owe an infinite amount of money because we broke God's commands and offended God infinitely. You understand me? How many guys have sinned before? The book of Romans, Paul tells the Roman church that we have been born sinners. Okay, we are born sinners. So meaning, when you're born, you're born to sin. So from the moment you were able to, to I don't even know, speak and say a swear word or not listen to your parents as a toddler. When your parents say, don't grab that cookie, you grab that cookie. Or don't go up the stairs and you go up the stairs but then you fall and you think you'll learn your lesson and you do it again. You know what I mean? Like, no, that is disobeying. You have been sinning since you were a toddler, since you were able to crawl. Okay? So we have, right now, at this time, the majority of you guys are between the ages of, uh, what is it, like 13 and 18, roughly everybody in this year, in this place. Bottom line, everybody in here is either 11 to 18 or just a tad bit older. And we have all sinned in 
infinite amount of times, a countless amount of times, countless. Sometimes you don't even realize. I mean, when you were in the world, did you really think about how many times you were sinning a day? I sure didn't. I definitely did. So we have sinned an infinite amount of times, and because we sinned an infinite amount of times, we broke God's commandments and offended God infinitely. Okay? So when we offend someone, like a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or, or we, we immediately think, what do we immediately think? What, what is it? How can I earn that person's forgiveness? Especially when that is a guy or girl situation. If it's like your future wife or future husband, you know, someone you're dating. Oh, shit. Dang it. How am I going to earn that forgiveness? Okay, okay. Roses. No, 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 no. Chocolate. No, 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 no. A teddy bear this big. No, no, no. A teddy bear this big. I only have $5. Um, man. Ah, uh, man. What, what can I do? You instantly, what? Gift card to Sports Authority. No, she wouldn't like that. No, no. Uh Tool said, no, no, no. You're, you're, honestly, you're constantly thinking of how can you earn that forgiveness back, right? But it doesn't work that way with God, okay? It doesn't work that way. We ourselves can never earn the forgiveness. You understand? We can never earn that forgiveness. We cannot earn salvation like it was for the slave only $2 billion. It is impossible to pay for forgiveness. It's impossible. Verse 26 says, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And I will pay you all. He's saying, have patience with me. Patience with me for another 200,000 uh, 200, years, and I'll pay it all. This is what he's saying, basically. What did we do before most of us got saved? Or if you're not saved now, what are you doing now? Let's just be honest right now. Come on. We all tell the Lord to be patient with us so that we may repay what we owe. One more year, God, I'll start serving you one more year. Because we're thinking at that time when we serve him, we're earning it, right? If we're like, mm, we're, doing it, we're going to church every Sunday, let's go. Right? We, we think that, right? Like, man, yeah, I'm going to one more year, one more year. Or when I get a family, when I get married and kids, and, and I guess I kind of need to go to church now because I need to look good in front of my neighbors and when I mold my lawn and stuff like that. Well, yeah, when I get married, yeah, I will stop smoking. I will stop partying. I will stop sinning. And I'm going to start going to church. Be patient with me. Be patient with me, right? Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. That's what the slaves said. And yet, all oh, slaves to sin were saying, be patient with me. Be patient with me. Just one more year. Or just let me wait till I get a family. Or just let me graduate high school. Or just let me graduate eighth grade. Or just let me graduate college after all that temptation of drinking and sex and drugs is out of the way. After all that's done, just be patient with me. And I'll go ahead and make sure I'll serve you. I promise. I'll pay it all back. I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll do it all. I'll do this, that, and the other. And I'll even do a little funky dance. You understand me? I'll do it all. But it doesn't work that way. Because we cannot earn our salvation. We cannot earn that forgiveness. It's given to us, really, by God. Come on, somebody. So let me work. Let me work for the rest of my natural life to work it off. That's what the slave was saying. Let me work for the rest of my natural life to work it off. The slave is trying to pay it off and try to earn his way, but the rich man knew he would never be able to pay it off. 
Come on, the rich man, if he's rich for a reason, right? He knows. He's kind of a smart guy. He's a businessman. He's able to, he's able to sniff it out. He's able to sniff out when somebody's lying and telling the truth. Am I right? That's the corporate world today. Why, wasn't it, why wouldn't it be that way 2,000 years ago? So he could tell. And he's, he's, he's man, he's never going to be able to pay this debt off. So what does he do? He had compassion on him. Specifically, it says in NIV, he had pity on him. So God, like the rich man in the parable, knows that we would never, never, somebody say never. never. Come on, somebody say never. never. One more time. We will never, never be able to pay off the debt that we owe to God. We will never, because we sin an infinite amount of times, we will never be able to pay that off. But when the rich man saw the desperation in the slave, he was filled with compassion and released his debt. That's what the rich man did, right? Is that what the parable says? So can you think of any unforgiveness in your heart today? Like we did when I was talking about that, when I was introducing this message. Can you think right now about any unforgiveness that's in your heart today? Come on, somebody. Start thinking about Start thinking about getting desperate for God. Start, start thinking about that right now. What is forgiveness worth to you? What do you have in your heart? Now, after the master released the slave from a $2 billion debt, can you imagine the freedom he felt? You understand me? That day, he will always, that slave will always, always, always remember that day. Because that day, he was released out of a $2 billion debt. You understand me? You guys, everybody has parents here, right? Your guardians. And how many of you guys ever see them during either the beginning or the end of the month when they're worried about bills? You understand me? I knew that it was either the beginning or the last of the month, not by looking at the calendar, but by seeing how stressed my mom was and screaming at me. You understand me? You see, it was a good day when she used the broom, but it was either the beginning of the month or the end of the month when she used the metal pole. You understand me? <laughs> I knew what day of the month it was when I saw that metal pole come out. And I knew, and I knew, okay, she's paying bills. I got to stay off. Okay, so can you imagine the release, the relief in his heart? Oh, my gosh. You are, what happens? He's starting to say, I'm going to throw you, your family, and your children into slavery, into jail, until you pay off everything. What does he do? Lord, Lord, Master, Master, be patient with me. Be patient with me, and I will pay it off. I promise. I'm going to pay it all off. I promise. I promise. Just come on. Just give me more time. Just give me more time. Let me work for the rest of my natural life to be able to pay this off. And he's on his knees, and the Master's just looking at him. He felt he feels something in his heart, and he's like, you know what? Just look. It's forgiven. I, I free you that you don't owe me two billion dollars, and we just just go, just go. And the guy's like, the slave is like, oh. Are you serious? I better get out of here before he changes his mind. You know what I mean? He's leaving out of there. Oh, man. And he's walking away. He's like, yeah, man, I am free. Can you imagine the relief that he feels? But in verse 28, we say, we see that. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. Now, 100 denarii is basically 100 days uh, worth of work. It's 100 days and roughly $10,000, okay? Yes, it's a lot of money, but it's nothing. A hundred day, I'll take 100 days over 200,000 years, right? Okay, so he only owes him $10,000 compared to $2 billion. So he grabbed him and choked him. Now, this is a, he's not the master. He's not the slave. They're both slaves. 
They're both peers. They're equals, okay? It's just that he owes him some money. So he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back my money you owe me. Pay back now. Right? He's like, I'm going to break your legs. He's probably grabbing his pinky as he's like, as he's choking him. He's like, if you don't pay it, I'm going to break your pinky, right? I don't know, some sort of, I don't know, 2,000 years ago, Arabic mafia. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, give me my money. You know? Can you imagine that? This is, this is role play right now. You know, he's coming, around, he's coming around. He's like, hey, you seen him? From my money. From my money. Yeah. Give, me, give me my money. Give me my money. You know, he's just like, break, give me your pinky. You know what I mean? He's like, breaking it off. Oh, where's my money? He's just, oh, just taking him down and choking him. No mercy whatsoever. And what happens? His fellow servant fell to his knees. That guy that he was choking fell to his knees just like he did to him before the master and begged him. What did he say? Be patient with me and I will pay you back. It's 100 days work, brother. Come on, just let me pay it back. No, give it to me now. <laughs> That's what's going on. No. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. So he actually had this man thrown in prison until he could pay that $10,000 debt. After receiving such grace from his master, he refused to show his fellow slave, his peer, any type of mercy. See, even though he was forgiven, he had an unforgiving heart. You understand me? So even some of us today or some of us in the world, quote-unquote Christians, we're all forgiven, or we all have the potential to be forgiven, but a great majority, a great majority has an unforgiving heart, and they're not able to forgive others, even though they have been forgiven of infinite debts. And because he was not able to give what was freely given to him, he was punished, Right? The slave was punished. He said, oh, man, so what happened? Verse 32, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on me, servant, just uh, on your servant, just as you had on, just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Now he, so he took away $2,000 billion debt, or $2 billion debt, and he brought it back. And he put him into torture, into jail, until he paid it off back. Did he really pay it off back? No, he, he couldn't. But he stayed there, being tortured every day of his natural life because he owed him money, because he had an unforgiving heart, because he was not able to forgive like he was forgiven. And then Jesus gives us a warning right here in verse 35. I want you guys to pay attention. Verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you. Now he's a, oh, come on somebody. I'm going to read this again. I want you to let me know if I'm right or wrong, okay? If I'm right, you say yes. If I'm wrong, you say no. So this is how my heavenly Father will treat some of you. This is how my heavenly Father will treat every other one of you. This is how my Father will treat the criminals and murderers and rapists only. 
This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Come on, somebody. (laughs) He didn't say just criminals. He didn't say just the rapists. He didn't say those bullies in school that picked on me when I was on the 8th grade. He didn't say anyone. He didn't say the ugly people. He didn't say the pretty people. He didn't say the jocks or the cheerleaders. He said every single one of you either saved or not saved. I don't care who you are. If you have an unforgiven heart, you will be tortured just like this man. So it's not enough to forgive someone with your mouth, Jesus said to forgive your brother from your heart. How do you know when you have truly forgiven somebody? Elevate. How do you know when you truly forgave somebody? Honestly, think about this. Here's the answer. And when I read this, I was like, man, that's true. I was reading an article about this. This is what he said. When you give them a second chance, that's how you know when you forgave somebody. So, How do you know when you forgive somebody? When you give them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth, and a 77th chance. You understand me? That's how you know you forgave that person. Turn to your Bibles to Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark chapter 11, since you can turn that for me. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. All right, guys, I really want you guys to stay focused now. So if you're still holding any bitterness against someone tonight, if you're holding any bitterness or any anger or anything in your heart that's not of God tonight, let it go and give it to the Lord. Now let me get an amen when you're at Mark chapter 11. All right. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So, so what is he saying? What is he saying? And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anybody, against anyone, forgive him or her so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. See, you can't get rid, you can't get right with God unless you clear your heart tonight. You understand me? You cannot get right with God if you still have bitterness or you have unforgiveness in your heart. You can't get right with God unless you get right right now, tonight. You understand me? Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. A couple books over. Colossians chapter 3. Let me get an amen when you're there. Look at verse 13. But bear, bear with each other and forgive whatever grief grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So forgive as the Lord forgave you. If it weren't for God washing away your sins, we would all be destined for death. So if it wasn't for God forgiving me of my perversion, if it wasn't for God forgiving me of my sex before marriage, of my alcoholism, of, of my, uh, of, of just cursing all the time, of literally hating people. I hated every single person in my life that was not really close to me. If I did not know you, I pronounced I hated you. And I'm dead serious. You come to me, hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? I look at you, and I smirk, and I walk away from you. 
That's how much of a cocky jerk I was. I was so full of myself. That was who I was. I was so full of myself, I did not think of anybody that was outside of my circle, especially God. You see, God, if God was able to forgive me of that and transform me to a person that loves even the person that spits and curses in his face, you spit at me and you curse at me, and you say, I don't want your God, I'm going to look back at you. Like, boom, that spit. I love you. <laughs> Just start shaking my fist. Oh, I love you. I love you. And I've been working out. And I can lay you out right now. But I love you. <laughs> Put away the fist. Look at it. I love you. <laughs> you know you thought about it. You know you thought about it. You wanted to throw that looky right in his face. But you held that back. You either swallowed it or you spit it back on the floor. You said... <laughs> I love you too. Oh, how he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. Boom! It always kicks something on. Kick something on. I love him. He loves you. Oh, how he loves you and piano. Right? And you just walk away. And you're just like, oh. How did I do that? You know, you're just like, man, how did I do that? Your fists are like right because you're just squeezing them so hard and your teeth are hurting because you're squeezing them. And you're just like, man. Have you guys ever been in that situation where you're just evangelizing or you're sharing your faith with somebody and you're, or any reason, you don't even have to be evangelizing. You, that person just gives you a piece of that, of his or her mind. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. Right? <laughs> oh, you, that guy was like, what you say to me, boy? What you say to me? Nah, you know what I mean? So, nah, nah, I think that got out. What you say to me? Huh? Crush a beer in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for some reason, talk grunty like that. In your mind, at least at that moment. You guys been that, right? And it's just like, <sighs> and it's like everything freezes. And you look around. I don't see God right now. <laughs> I don't see him. Lord, you don't see me right now either. And then you're just about to, mm. And then what happens? Boop, conviction, right? In the heart. And then it's back to reality. And the reality is that God is looking at you and that God might be even testing you at that moment. And he sent that person to message you. And the realization comes in and you're just like, you have that eyebrow up, huh? What'd you say to me, son? Huh? My shirt ain't too tight. What? <laughs> so what I wear in Brakambi? I don't care. And you just, oh, just release that fist. I love you. I love you so much. You walk away. And you're like, Lord. And you just get that anointing oil. You rub it on your ears, and you say, Lord, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is coming now. And you're just like, come on, Lord. If you ain't going to do something with me now, man, come on. And what happens? It happens, right? The serenity, the peace comes in. And it might take a couple days. Or it might take a couple minutes, rather, okay? It might take a little bit of time, but it happens. 
Okay, it happens. Why? Because you have enough faith to know that you won't knock that sucker out. Okay, you have enough faith to know that you don't have to, rather. That you don't have to. And that you don't have to. And that you don't have to do one of these. Take off your earrings and hold my necklace and hold my bracelet. Now hold my rings. Now hold my converse really quick. Now hold the other converse really quick. You know what I mean? Take off my glasses. Hold this. And then you're all ready. You're stretching. Mm, 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 mm. Right? You can't do those, right? She's like, mm, man, it might take a while, but it's going to happen. And the Lord's going to reward you for it, am I right? It's kind of cold in here. Okay, so look, the Lord's going to reward you for your patience, amen? Look, honestly, I think, the, I want to say about 95% of the times when there's somebody that confronts you and tries to start something for practically no reason at all, come on, man, that ain't just the devil, that's the Lord working. That's the Lord where, especially if you're facing anger or, 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 or you don't have enough patience in yourself, you know what I mean? If you don't have that inside of you, what in the world do you think the Lord is going to do? If you're going to pray, Lord, oh, man, and you have a list of all these things that the Lord, like, you want the Lord to help you with or take away, and on the top of that list is patience, right, or anger. If, if that's on the top of your list, what in the world do you think the Lord is going to do? Come on, he's going to send those people your way. You're praying for it. That's an answer to prayer. That's a test. Now pass that test, son. Come on, somebody. Or sister. Daughter. Whatever. Right? When it comes to you, just remember, guys. Remember, remember, remember. That could be the Lord working inside of you. Okay? Or that is the Lord working inside of you, but that's the Lord trying to work around you. You understand me? Amen? Come on, somebody. Colossians 3.13, once again, says, bear with each other. Bear with each other. Come on, Adam, Davi, living at the guys' dorm with ten other guys. Let me get an amen. I am. Robert, bear with each other. Lord, I have to bear with them. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Amen? Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you of every possible sin you can think of. An infinite amount of sins that's inside you. Amen? Come on, somebody. Now, in order to truly understand, I, man, I, man, I just love preaching way too much, guys. I'm sorry. Is it okay if I just go a little OT, a little overtime? Is that okay? No? Huh? Huh? Yes or no? Okay, amen. Thank you, two of you. Sweet. That's all I need. Amen. So in order to truly understand why we should forgive people in our lives that purposely, continuously, purposely and continuously hurt us, when we need to understand exactly... I'm sorry. When, so when, in order to understand why we should forgive people in our lives that purposely and continuously hurt us, we, Elevate, need to understand exactly what Christ did on that cross. Am I right? So we need to truly understand when we see that image sometimes put on here, of that image of Christ dying on that cross, bloody, just tortured. When we see that image, we need to truly understand why he did that. Okay, now I want uh, Liz, Nathaniel, Danny, and uh, uh, 
Christian, just pass these out for everybody, please. I want everybody to get one of these. I'm at Little Danny. Amen, amen. Quickly, quickly. And as you're getting it, I want you to pay attention because I'm about to read Romans chapter 6, verse 17. Romans chapter 6, verse 17. Paul tells us, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves in sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Okay? So pay attention, guys. Everybody, eyes on me. Eyes on me. I know know the receipts look funny, but look. Eyes on me. Right? So Romans chapter 6, verse 17, Paul tells us, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves in sin, so if you used to be slaves, that means in the past you were a... You were a slave. Okay? So we were all once, in one shape or another, a slave to sin... Okay? In one shape or another, we were all in the past before, and you might be now. Who knows? If you don't know the Lord right now, you're not born again, you're not serving Him, guess what? I got news for you. The Bible says that you are a slave to sin. But like the parable that Jesus gave us, you either were or still are that slave. When you were in the world, it was as if you literally, guys, come on, pay attention. It was as if you literally purchased your death to hell. You purchase your death, your, your eternal death in hell. When you sinned and when you were a slave in it, you bought it. So in order for that slave in the parable to be to owe $2 billion, that means he, he bought something or he tried to buy something or he, or he somehow owed that money. So when you buy, when you were a slave to sin, you were purchasing sin and you were literally, you were literally purchasing your death to hell. So, and what do you get when you purchase something? What do you get? You get a receipt, right? Now, guys, take this time to write three things. Three things, three sins, rather, that the Lord took away from you while you were still in the world. So if you're born again and serving the Lord right now, write those three things that that the Lord really took away from you. It could be perversion. It could be masturbation. It could be shyness. It could be lust. It could be a whole bunch of different things. Whatever the Lord took away from you. If you need a pen, please raise your hand. We're going to get you some. Raise your hand. Keep them raised. We're going to have Liz and uh, little Danny to help her out. Write three things. So if if you are saved now, born again, sanctified by the blood of Christ, you write down three sins that the Lord took away. And look, and if you haven't fully accepted Christ in your life, okay, this is you, pay attention. If you have not fully accepted Christ in your life, then take the time to write three things that you want God to take away. So if you're not born again, or if you're not right with the Lord, and you feel as if you're backsliding, you've just never been born again, I want you to write three things that are causing you to drift away from God. You write three things that are causing you to sin. You see, through Jesus' death on the cross, I'm going to wait till you guys finish. Come on. Are you guys almost done? Raise your hand if you're done. Is the majority you? Come on, a couple more. One more minute, guys. One more minute.
Amen. Everybody done? Okay, good. For if you're not done, keep on working. But look, through Jesus' death on the cross, God saw that receipt. Because that receipt right there, those three sins that you put, that's your receipt for purchasing hell, right? So it says, Sin R Us. You guys were shopping all up in Sin R Us. You understand me? I was shopping all up in Sin R Us. I was on a shopping spree as if I had a, a billion dollar gift card. I was just buying it all. You understand me? I was buying the alcohol. I was buying the drugs. I was buying the parties. How many of you guys know sin is expensive? Sin could be expensive. Look, one time I bought, look, sin cost me $700 to fly outside the United States into South America and sit in a plane for 15 hours just so I could sin. Just so I could sin. Sin is expensive. You guys don't even want to know how much I spend on booze. You guys, there are certain weeks where I would drop two bills, boom, one week, just on liquor alone. Sin is expensive. I was shopping all up in Sin R Us, and I had a big, like, five carts full of sin. You understand me? I was like, come on, shopping spree. I'm running around. Liquor, 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 girls, girls, girls. Ooh, pornography. Ow. Sweet. And you know what I mean? I was walking, I was running around, I was like, sweet, all that good stuff. Sin R Us. And what's the tax on Sin R Us? That tax, it, you see, the tax in the United States is about 12%, but tax at Sin R Us is 666%. You understand me? <laughs> that is a lot of tax. And what's the total? What's the grand total? Eternity in hell. That's what your receipt says, somebody. Come on. So your, your sin or us receipt says three things that you were facing. The tax was 666%, and the total was eternal eternity in hell. That's your grand total. Congratulations. That, that's what you purchased. But you see, through Jesus' death on the cross, God saw your receipt. He saw it. He saw what you wrote right now. Nobody else might be looking at it, or you might have not showed anybody. You want to keep it a secret. You probably went to the corner really quick and wrote those three things that you used to struggle with, right? All secretive about it. That's okay. God saw those three, and he sees them now. And what did he do? He said, I'll pay that tab for you. Let me get that. And he crumbled it up. He crumbled it up and threw it away. And that's it. Amen. You guys crumble it up. Amen. Lonnie, go ahead and bring that garbage can out. Amen. That sin that you were facing, that tab that you had, and come on, you know that was longer than three sins. You guys know that that receipt of yours was way longer than three sins. Though that receipt, God saw that. He said, you know what? I love you so much. I'll take that tab and I'll throw it away for you. I'll pay it off. Your debt is cleared. The $2 billion, that infinite amount of money or, 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 or debt that you owed me is forgiven. Go and sin no more. Turn your Bibles in closing to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. In closing, guys, and I want you to get serious now. Lenny, I want you to get on your keys, please. Get amen. Were you there? Colossians chapter 1. Go to verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Come on, somebody. So, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. 
I'm going to read that one more time. Guys, do me a favor. Just go ahead. Close your eyes really quick. Close your eyes in this place. Stay focused on the Lord. I want you to say an attitude of prayer. Brother who just came in, thank you for coming. Just go ahead. Respect this time, please. Close your eyes. Bow your head right now. It's going to be a time of prayer. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says, For he, he is talking about Jesus Christ. He's talking about God, Holy Spirit. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption. We are redeemed. Come on, somebody. And the forgiveness of sins. So we have been forgiven. The prime example that we ought to show is forgiveness. Just like God forgave us of our sins and continuously doing the infinite amount of sins that we commit throughout our entire lives, God will and he will continue and he has 